2: I'm Melissa Lee and this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Tim Seymour, James McDonald, Nadine Turman, Steve Grasso will hopefully join us in just a moment. Tonight on Fast, the chart master sees trouble in the charts for Treasury as Carter Worth is sounding the alarm on bonds, why he says it is time to move to the sidelines. Plus, Thill blazing higher in the back of a double upgrade and our own cannabis king. Tim Seymour says this trade is just catching fire. And later, the new kids on the block, a bunch of recent IPOs reporting results next week. Find out which names have the right stuff. But we start off with a big miss. The April jobs report, a total bomb. Payrolls growing at a fraction of what was expected and the unemployment rate ticking higher. So what did the market do? It rallied, of course, many seen the weak jobs report giving the Fed coverage remain dovish for longer. The Dow and S&P closing at record highs and Nasdaq also moving higher. The reflation trade was really driving the action today. Energy, industrials, materials, all rallying strong into the close. Check out the move in the OIH oil ETF. It gained nearly 5% today, closing of session highs. And even some parts of the tech trade held up. Semiconductors, software names also rising today's session, outperforming the broader Nasdaq. So what do you make of today's action on the back of the biggest jobs miss in more than 20 years? Tim, I'm not sure if I told you what the outcome of the jobs report was. You could have guessed what this market would have done today.
3: Well, I know that the market likes, you know, bad news is good news. And so, you know, let's break out some new kids here because we're going to do a lot of that tonight. I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's hanging tough and it's hanging tough around the concept that the Fed <laughs> certainly is, is not moving away anytime soon. So uh, big miss, biggest miss in, in I don't know, in 22 years or something in terms of a payroll number. Uh, the bottom line here is it, it gave ammunition. It gave fuel. You talked about energy. We've talked energy all week, whether it was Tom Lee uh, or Paul Sankey. I gave you my energy basket. Look, look. EOG uh, up about 14% this year slumber this week this week Schlumberger up about 16% this week CBX up about 7% this week energy copper prices all time highs you were you were uh, berating me for yelling on Twitter about copper prices just recently I'm telling you uh, commodity prices lumber prices food prices. Um, it, it's, it's great for investors in those sectors. May not be great for consumers. May not be great for multinationals. And, and the input prices, we started to talk about that with automakers, with, mm-hmm. with housing, uh, with even some of the industrial plays like a whirlpool and input costs there. But, but look, uh, markets at all-time highs, uh, dollars weaker. It helps that entire complex. Global markets also, emerging markets catching some fire this week. Um, so it was a uh, bad news is good news and weaker labor. Hard to believe we're going to be this week next month. And I think you've got the best of both worlds.
2: You used all caps, and that in my book is yelling. And that's why I said use <laughs> <What>? your inside <laughs> voice. Um, Tim had inside mentioned voice. Yeah. <laughs> copper prices, aluminum prices, highest levels um, since about 2018. Um, in copper, as we mentioned, this is at least a 10-year high, if not a record high, at this point. Lumber prices record yeah. high, um, and then these labor shortages really underscore the potential, um, you know, inflation there, the need for businesses to pay more in order to get those people in the door, whether it be through bonuses or higher hourly uh, wages. James McDonald, the markets go higher. So, what do you make of this all?
4: The paradox of problems continues. The deeper and stronger the problems, uh, the higher the confidence the market has that our uh, central bank will continue. Uh, to assuage um, complacency. And I think that we've seen it again and again. We had a little bit of pressure come in uh, on Ms. Yellen's comments about the need for eventual rate hikes that put some pressure in the market. And they came back and they bought the dip again. And these dips that have been happening in the S&P are persisting to get bought. And so as we look across different assets and see the swelling of these valuations or prices or enthusiasm, we have to expect Um, that at some point it will wane based on a shift in sentiment. So the question is, what sentiment will cause uh, a market to stop continuing to rally? And with the paradox being the problems are generating the gains, perhaps good news um, will generate some type of abatement of this rally. I think what's most important here uh, is to see that the money is finding new homes. It's not concentrated in one sector. It's not concentrated in one index. We did see the pressure come into the Nasdaq. We did see pressure come into the Russell. We did see pressure come into various sectors and the money rotated. And so there is a feverish, bullish sentiment. In some cases, it's speculation. In other cases, it's based on supply disruption, what we saw with lumber. COVID did cause supply shortages. And so we're seeing a continuation of follow through. But in this inflationary environment, uh, there's absolutely a lot of caution that needs to be taken.
2: It was an extraordinary week. Um, we mentioned the, the underlying commodities, but energy equities, as measured by the S&P Energy Index, was up by more than 8%, Nadine. Um, at the same time, at least in today's, for the week, at least in today's session, software stocks caught a bid. So the higher value tech names caught a bid, while the big cap tech names were kind of flat. They were, eh, you know, in reaction to today's jobs report. How do you sort of reconcile that action?
0: Sure, Mel. I think you look, a few days ago you we were talking about this, but it was a tough day, right? Uh, but one of the things I mentioned is you saw huge implied volatility premiums. So, uh, relative to realized volatility, these are at quite high. So, that was the time to actually buy the dip in tech, semis, anything that was going to crush that day. That's what we did. And what you're seeing today is that's just unwinding. And what we make of it, I was talking to Darius Dale of 42 Macro this morning. We thought, well, what would get the equity or, you know, the risk assets to keep melting up, it's two things. One is continued growth in the economy, which mm-hmm. check the box, we've got that. But two, it would be, call it softness or missing of consensus of inflation related measures. And that this week, you had it in spades. You had it in ADP, ISM services numbers, and you also saw it today with the non-farm payrolls. So you get that check marks too, and it doesn't surprise me at all that you see tech, especially the things that got hurt early in the week, ramping back right up. It makes a lot of sense. Uh,
2: The way I translate what Nadine said is that it's Goldilocks. (laughs) We're seeing enough evidence that the economy is still recovering, but enough evidence that it's not recovering too, too strongly. Steve Grasso, in that kind of environment, is it all systems go when it comes to the reflation trade, when it comes to the reopening trades. But also maybe it's a free pass for the higher value tech names that have been under some pressure.
1: I don't know if it's a free pass for the higher value tech names. I did use that term, and we're all using the term Goldilocks. I I felt that Goldilocks term was appropriate when you look at where rates were because that gave you the ability to have a large-cap tech that is considered, quote-unquote, value rally alongside of uh, IWM names or the smaller-cap names. Today was a good example. We had energy, industrials, materials, leading. Those are the names that are the restarting economy. You know, Melissa, I have this image in my, in my mind where I think about the restart of the economy. It looks like a Walmart scene on Black Friday where everyone's waiting to get through those doors when they open up. That's what the economy is going to look like. You can't short a market knowing that you have people breaking down your doors. In New York, we're going to 100 percent capacity in restaurants uh, on May 17th. You're going to see people go gangbusters over this economy. So, yes, we all think it will be natural, normal, and healthy to have a pullback. I don't see that pullback happening anytime soon. And as I've always said, the market always tries to upset the most amount of people at any one given time. And I think that's what the market's doing right now. So, The path of least least resistance continues to be higher. Goldilocks still with a 10-year yield.
2: All right. The key to what all the panelists have said so far tonight is treasuries and uh, where yields are right now, where yields have been. Well, the chart master's got three charts that could tell us where yields are headed from here. So Cornerstone Macros' Carter Worth is here to break it all down. Hey, Carter.
5: Sure. Before we get to them, it's the same chart three times with different iterations. But what we do know, of course, is in sequencing – Uh, things can get a little ahead of themselves to one way or the other and you get mean reversion. And while that's not 100% reliable, it is often quite reliable. What we know is we were at 177 basis points on the 10-year yield and it was getting a bit panicky. And instead of continuing to 192, 210 as consensus was increasingly believing, it did the exact opposite. Uh, Let's take a look at the charts and try to figure it out. Um, There is the past year, you're staring at it. 10-year yields. No judgments, no annotations. Uh, It's an uptrend. Well, take a look at the second chart. How much of an uptrend? It's the same chart uh, discussed here, all of us together, many times. It's a perfect 45-degree angle, and in fact, it's a mathematically uh, perfect channel, and you can see that final chart. Look at the arrows. Like a pinball machine, as though ordained by God, it has literally bounced off the top and the bottom of the channel every single time it has approached the top or the bottom for about a year. So what we know is that rates went from 50 basis points in the lows of August, about a year ago, up to 177 in March. And at that point, bonds were so oversold, in fact, the TLT was so oversold that it had only traded that far below its 150 day moving average two other times in its history. And instead of continuing higher, 1.9%, 2%, 205 it's done the exact opposite. So we know today it hit a low of 1.463. It was news related, of course. And where did it stop? To the penny at the bottom of the channel. Our hunch here is that over time, rates do continue to work within the channel. But the opportunity to buy bonds, TLT for a bounce, has come and gone.
2: All right, uh, Carter, thank you. Carter worth um, operating within a channel, even if moving higher, Tim, seems to me, uh, you know, party on Goldilocks.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. And, and by the way, I love how with Carter, no judgment, but no judgment from Carter. <laughs> he's just he's just laying it out there. He's calm. He, he, he's, he's deliberate. And, and it, it to me, it almost feels like the upward trend here in, in bonds. At times, it hasn't been calm. But, but that, that, yes, I think we are slowly moving higher. And as a market participant, I want to see that. I don't want to see, I said this at 177, I don't want to see a 60-bip tenure. That's mm-hmm. not a healing economy. It's not a world where the market's starting to price in inflation or taking the, the long end of the curve away from the Fed, as maybe they should. So um, I think this is a case where there's a lot of arguments. Steve points out some of the disinflationary stuff. I talk about this. There's a case here uh, that a a four-decade compression in yields isn't over. But um, I I do think we can normalize out of this. And I think 210 uh, is probably a pre-COVID level that makes some sense. Um, but again, this is all subject to what the Fed is. Remember, we were talking on Monday. We were talking about Tuesday. We we're talking about Jallin, Janet Yellen and some sense that were we worried about where interest rates were going to go was mm-hmm. the Fed signaling something. So on a day like today, when we are so far off the mark in terms of labor, and by the way, the most important you know, measuring stick for the Federal Reserve on what they're going to do with rate policy, it gives market participants a chance to breathe. Yeah. Uh, and again, it was just three days ago we were feeling differently.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we are going to have much more on all of this with an exclusive interview with Chicago Fed President Charles Evans. Be sure to catch it Monday morning, 830 a.m. Eastern Time on Squawk Box. All right. Coming up, blazing higher till rate topping the tape as one analyst sees another 60 percent upside from here. We'll break down that call, give you the trade. But first, the new kids on the block, a bunch of recent IPS reporting results next week. Find out which names are worth betting on. We'll walk you through them step by step when Fast Money returns.
7: brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com.
2: We've got a news alert on that SolarWinds hack. Let's get to Eamon Javers for the latest. Eamon.
8: Yeah, Melissa, significant new data now from SolarWinds about that massive hack that happened earlier this year that has been attributed to the Russians. They're now giving us a new number. Remember that 18,000 figure was out there earlier on on the solar wind hack. They're saying now that n- number might be a little bit misleading. Here's the statement from SolarWinds. They're saying at the earliest stages of our investigation, we reported up to 18,000 customers could potentially have been vulnerable to sunburst based on our records of the total number of customer downloads from the specific impacted version of our Orion platform products. Unfortunately, we've seen this number used mistakenly in media reports. They're saying now, We estimate that the actual number of customers who were hacked through Sunburst to be fewer than 100. So a significant uh, change between 18,000 and 100, but they're saying they've now got more investigative resources around this and they have a better look at exactly how bad the hacking was. They say now a hundred customers, uh, fewer than a hundred customers actually hacked as opposed to a potential ceiling of total possible hacked customers at 18,000. So this gives you a new perimeter for the damage here. What it doesn't tell you necessarily is exactly how many of those hacked customers uh, then allowed that hack to go up the food chain into other companies, right, because you're dealing with a supply chain hack that goes from one company to the next company to the next company. So we still don't know the total damage here, but the initial input is much smaller than a lot of people feared early on, at least according to this latest statement from SolarWinds, Melissa.
2: You answered my follow-up. Eamon, thank you. Eamon Javers. Um, Okay, let's get you set up for next week. Check out some of these new kids on the block getting ready to report earnings next week. We thought it'd be the perfect time to play a little game. Of?
0: trade it or
2: fade it. that's right trade it or fade it the new kids on the block edition which of these names has uh, the right stuff <laughs> let's kick it off with roblox uh-huh. set to report nice. earnings after the bell on monday tim trade it or fade it
3: Hold on, Mom. we I got to ask you: Was it Donnie Wahlberg? I, I had you as maybe a Joe McIntyre, uh, you know, fan. Who, who was it with the new kids that you, you had the poster on the wall? Come I know
2: on. not of what you speak, Tim. I have no idea. Come on, <laughs> no Backstreet clue. Backstreet Boys. Anything? No, All right, nothing. Forget
3: it. Roblox. Let's let, let me play the game. I'm, I'm going to trade it. And, and again, in terms of uh, a stock that gives you exposure to some mega trends that are out there, in terms of gaming, uh, in terms of obviously social media, in terms of a demographic, obviously. Uh, 17 and below demo of two and a half hours a day for their audience is something that's pretty valuable. Um, The the, the metaverse, all of these things that we talk about, whether I understand them or not, um, I like this name. And I I think of a high multiple tech dynamic out there that's been under some pressure. To me, there's some scarcity value in here. And again, some of these tailwinds sector wise, um, this is a hot space to be in. And I actually think this is a best of breed company.
2: Grasso, where do you stand? Trade it or fade it? This one is in, the,
1: uh, is in the bullseye for things being sold, and Tim alluded to it at the end of there with the high multiple uh, target on its back. I am a fader of, of Roblox, and I, I have to believe that with kids back at school, you have less eyeballs on the screen, you have less engaged hours. The, the tailwind for this stock, if there's anything good, will be that it's bouncing around a lo- along the 64 level, technically. So maybe if you want to give it a shot, use that as you're out. But I would be a fader of it. I think it's uh, I think it's peaked in value.
2: All right. Next up, we'll hear from Palantir Tuesday before the bell. So James McDonald, trading it or fading it?
4: I am going to fade Palantir, unfortunately. And I'm a patriotic guy. I love these businesses that keep us safe, the Boeings, uh, the Fords. Palantir cannot hold $20. We saw this massive breakout at the $20 level in this market where – In this case, a new security, what I like to call insider profit opportunities happen. In this market where we've got so much energy uh, into the trend, we really have to look to the chart to see What's coming in the $20 level didn't hold here an important business, important to our country, important to our national security, important to solving problems. I love the business. This chart is indicating, though, that there's a breakdown here, potentially, as I think we're late phase into this rally. We have to be because it's the longest rally in history. I think there's more weakness ahead here for Palantir.
2: It can be a great business, but not a good stock. Nadine, you're on the other side of James's trade.
0: You're right. I would I would trade it. I think that Palantir has advanced product offerings outside of government, that they're solving client requirements, in particular in the supply chain area, as well as in quality control. They're working with IBM. And when you think about it, they've also, from the government standpoint, talked about redoing the Royal Navy contract. So Um, even though, you know, a lot of the comp is in stock options, that means that people are incented to get that stock price up. So we're actually seeing a trading range about three to one here. So I would trade it. All right. Next up, DoorDash.
2: That's out on Thursday. So Tim, what do you do? Trade it or fade it?
3: yeah i'm going to i'm going to fade this one and and you know it's it's just a case where i do think this has been the perfect case of uh, a covid tailwind and a case where evaluation to me is really difficult to understand in a low margin business it's on a price to sales revenue uh kind of metric and i you know i i just i, I, I hate the valuation uh, i think we've had a very good run and i you know Who who just mentioned it? Steve mentioned I mean, people are rushing back to restaurants doesn't mean that they're still not doing takeout and delivery. Uh, But again, we paid a lot uh, to have this stock in the portfolio over the last couple months. And I think you fade it. All
2: right. This is interesting because uh, Grasso's got to fade. James has got to fade. Nadine's got to fade. But a trade first. So, Nadine, why don't you explain what you mean?
0: So you're looking at 14.5% short interest. So that peaks my interest, no pun intended, for going long on a, on a trade on a very short-term perspective. And when I'm looking at it, our trading range is about 2 to 1 upside. We saw great numbers from a European comp called Delivery Hero. So I think you actually might be able to make money in the short term. But I have to agree with Tim in terms of the intermediate term. There's a lot of pressures on this business, comping the comps from last year. And they're in the crosshairs of having the gig workers turn into employees. So on an intermediate term basis, I have to agree. But I think that there's a short term trade. All right. Here's another one. Airbnb
2: it reports next week. Steve Grasso, trade it or fade it.
1: Airbnb has changed uh, the the minds of how people will vacation. I think this is one that's going to be a trade for me. Uh, Even if I I see technicals a little bit concerning, this is something that was uh, great pre-pandemic. It's going to be better post-pandemic. I think you have to stay with this one. The, the way we have changed mentally is not going away when we come out of this muscle.
2: You don't think people want to go to a hotel where somebody comes in and changes your sheets and changes the towels instead of having to cook your, cook your meals in your, <laughs> yeah. in your kitchen and all that? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but going back to that normal seems kind of attracted to me. So by a show of hands, the rest of the panel, who is trading Airbnb with Steve Grosso? Raise your hands if you're trading it. Well, I... I... Okay. All of you are. Tim, you were nodding your head when I was talking about about the sheets and the towels and the cooking and all that.
3: There's a difference to my personal preferences to actually having fresh towels and not someone's used soap. Um, You know, there's no question I'd rather stay in a hotel. Um, And by the way, I I have plenty of confidence in in Hilton and Marriott and, and their hotels. And I think, you know, Arguably, from a stock perspective, though the Airbnb valuation was ridiculous on release, um, I think you've had a chance to see some of that normalize. Mm-hmm. I do think they're in a place where uh, they are going to continue to be taking market share. I like the stock story. I like it for the longer term. I I hate the valuation here, yeah. um, but I, I I definitely would stay in a hotel first.
2: All right. Still ahead, <laughs> our call of the day. Tilray burning up the charts following a double upgrade. Why one of our traders says this name is just catching fire. Back in two. Welcome back. Mark your calendars for this Tuesday, May 11th at CNBC's Healthy Returns event. Join leaders from Pfizer, Eli Lilly, the CDC and more. Register right now at cnbcevents.com slash healthy returns. All right, Tilray topping the tape. The stock getting a double upgrade to a buy from underperforming Jeffries. The analysts there calling it the combination of Tilray and Afria a perfect match, saying the stock could rise 60 percent from here. Tim, this is your stock draft pick. What do you make of Tilray here?
3: It was. And, and again, the merger with Afri is the key here, because, again, this is not a name I'd be that excited about on its own. But with Afri, which is the best grower uh, in, in Canada, a, a European business that I think is puts both of their strengths and relationships, that of Tilray and Novartis. I think I think you have a case here where there's uh, a strong story for a global player that will access Erwin Simon, great mm-hmm. CPG CEO. All
2: right. Time for the final trade. Steve Grasso. Sono in Nadine Terman. Siemens. James McDonald.
4: EV all the way, General Motors.
2: (laughs) Tim Seymour.
3: Rio Tinto, resources running crazy.
7: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration,